All right, today we are going to talk about the updates in Fathom and maybe even the shitty reason why we didn't podcast uh, two weeks ago. Sorry to uh, dredge up old wounds. I'd already but... forgotten about that, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> people at uh, people at home will not know that we actually did record a podcast last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, two and weeks ago. We didn't publish it because I sounded like I had I was depressed. I had depression. <laughs> yeah. I I was burned out over this over um yeah pump stuff sewage pump stuff. Let's just say that, and most people won't have a clue about all the septic stuff, but. Yes, a burned out week of lots of doing this, that, and the other. We recorded, and I just, I guess I must have sounded like like I was depressed or like I was just worn out. Because I was worn yeah. out, it was a horrible yeah, exactly. week. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so, uh, it's better. It's better now. And we yeah, are exactly. uh, moving on, moving forward. <laughs> We've done a lot in the last, I guess it's been a month. So in the last month, we have done a lot of things, both behind the scenes and in, fr- what's the opposite of behind the scenes? In front of the scenes? In working the scenes? in public. That's, no, in public? In, yeah, yeah in public. sure. Whatever. That, that sounds good. So we've mm. done a lot in the last month. So I think we're just going to catch everybody up. I'm also sitting in a new chair today. And I'm not oh, yeah. 100% sure if I like it. It's one of those stools that kind of rocks. Like side oh. to side, back to forth. Why? It's supposed to be better for your back. I don't know. I'm old. It's supposed to be better for your back. <laughs> I haven't decided. It may just make me tired, though, so I don't know. We'll see. But for this show, at least, if I sound different, it's because I'm in a different chair, maybe. I don't know. I strongly believe you cannot beat the, the Herman Miller. I mean, any Herman Miller is going to be good, but specifically the Aeron chair. You must have tried an Aeron chair. Yeah, I had a, what's it called? The Mila, the Mira for a while, and mm, I have an embo- yeah. a Herman Miller Embody right now, which I like better than the Aeron. So we can we can fight later so why, after the show. Oh, you're using the stool you've got is Herman Miller. No, the stool I've got is from Autonomous Automate. I don't know some trendy internet company. It's just to switch it up because my back still hurts sitting at the Herman Miller all day, every day for Weird. twenty years. Yeah, so it's not Herman Miller's chair fault. It's my back's fault. So fair enough. Fair enough. So in terms of a timeline, I mean. Like we often joke about this. We ship something and then it's just back onto everything else. We've shipped a ton of stuff. I, I've honestly lost track of the timeline. So <laughs> uh, the first thing I think of is the high volume pricing page. I think that was a really, really good move. Yeah. So I don't know if that was the first thing we've done you know, recently or in the last sure. few weeks. The high volume well, page is a huge win though. Yeah, I agree. And it kind of, it's, it's funny, right? Because it, it's not anything... It, like, it isn't any new information. It's just basically a summation of why people with a lot of traffic should uh, check out Fathom, as well as some pricing. We actually publish our pricing all the way up to, what is it, 20 million for I should have the page open. I don't. Um, yeah. When but we, we publish pricing. Fathom... Well, please. You, you be oh, okay. I think there might be a bit of a lag. 
Um, but really, yeah, I think it's just a it's an it's a nice page that kind of gives. It's funny too because all of the things mentioned on this page really apply to any and all Fathom plans and customers. Mm-hmm. It's not like we do different things for higher volume plans, but I think it's good to have a place that basically illustrates how our infrastructure works and how we can basically it sounds funny saying it we can basically handle billions of page views a month for our customers yeah. and i think it's nice to have a place to showcase that and i mean if you're comparing it to google analytics 360 that costs uh what is it like 150k a year for 10 million page views and 10 million page views with fathom costs about uh, 1200 bucks a year 1240 bucks i think so it's a good Mm. deal i think this whole page is just reinforcing the value proposition of fathom so one of the the intentions of this page or one of the the trails of logic here is that if someone's going to be having a high volume plan with an analytics company they're going to be looking around and they're going to be comparing solutions and one of the things that fathom does best probably i think best in the industry i don't think there's anyone in this space doing it better than us is that we have highly available infrastructure uh we work with the best database team in the world like it's the best database technology in the world by far it's not even a competition mm-hmm. at this point and we're just ready to handle extreme volume so we can scale up to you know you can send us billions of page views and we're still going to give you a fast dashboard and so it's really a case of you're going to spend this money, you're going to compare us to others. If you choose someone else, then that's probably not a good, probably not a good idea. <laughs> it's just being transparent about why you should choose Fathom. And I think it's really good. So we've got everything out there and it's a nice design. So good job. Yeah. I mean, the design wise, it's, it kind of plays off of our existing brand, but introduces a few new elements like um, gradients on text headers. Uh, slightly different background it's still we just wanted it to look kind of i guess higher end um but still approachable like our like our parent brand but yeah i drew a picture or an illustration for it as well um but yeah i'm pretty happy with the way that it looks it looks like it's part of fathom but stands slightly separate as well which was kind of Mm. a fun exercise as far as design goes and we'd have people who'd email us on support and say, oh, I'm trying out Fathom and I'm trying out XYZ. And I always, and then we just say, well, we'll go and look at their uptime page and look at our uptime yeah. page. And they come back and they say, oh, right. I didn't even yeah. know about this. You know, solution a, ABC went offline, you know, say 40 times over the last yeah. 365 days. And Fathom, Fathom basically went offline during DDoS attacks back in 2020. That is it. We don't yeah. have these outages because we're using managed services. So I think putting that in front of people is important. And, and just yeah, looking really at how long it takes to load a dashboard, right? <laughs> like, I yeah. think we're the, we're the only solution that has the, the nerve to have a preset for showing all-time data. Because all-time oh, yeah, data yeah. can get very labor-intensive and can take a long time on other people's platforms to display that data, which is why they don't have it as a preset. <laughs> Fathom yeah. has it as a preset. And that's because anyone does. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're confident because we know that we're going to load data fast, even if you, you know have what? millions and millions of page views. And you know what I really want to do? I want us to have in our demo, 
billions of, or I don't know, just some example, an example where we can actually show people how fast your dashboard will load, even at that scale, could be a good bolt on for that high volume page because everyone assumes their analytics are going to get slower. It's like, no, they're not going to get slower with us. Well, I mean, hold on. I'm just going to our demo and going to all time. 3.5 million page views. Uh, That's quite big. That loaded as fast as it took me to click on all time. 138 people on the hilarious platypus website. Right Popular now. website, yeah. Popular <laughs> website. I guess so. So when we were chipping this high volume page, one of the problems that we ran into was um, a big margin problem where we weren't actually able to be competitive on the higher volume pricing because we were using DynamoDB for... Um, processing page views and for those who don't know dynamodb is basically like a serverless um, serverless nosql database and we were using it multiple times for every single page view and it was great because it was serverless and it was fast and everything else and we could actually you know price it per page view the problem we ran into though was on the 14 dollars plan it's fine on the 24 dollars plan it's fine etc etc as you get into the bigger plans you just lose your margin And I think we were talking, we lost, I mean, it's, you can't build a sustainable business off the back of that. It just wasn't possible for us to continue to use DynamoDB unless we jacked up our prices and we can't, well, we could, but I don't think we, I don't think it would have been the right thing to do because Fathom isn't, you know, you look at something like Mixpanel or, um, is it segment is another popular one. Mm-hmm. A lot of these companies can charge these high prices because they're going after certain kinds of customers who want ridiculous levels of features. Our customer base should not be expected to pay $5,000 for a simple set of features and high page views. I just don't think it's logical. No. And we came up with some prices and I never felt comfortable with them. And, you know, we compared them to other people. I know we did this. We compared them to other people and we thought, well, they're charging that. I think one of the things we did miss when we justified it was the fact that they offer more features because people pay for more features, right? It solves more problems in in theory. It's easier to justify paying a higher price for something like Mixpanel that can just, it just does way more stuff. And sure, they don't have the privacy focus that we do. Uh, They're not really a competitor as far as I'm concerned. Um, but, But, you know, you can justify a higher price. I felt like we couldn't get away with charging a really high price. And we've never been able to actually secure a sale on a really you know we've quoted higher prices and they've mm-hmm. never ever gone gone ahead and when i say higher prices i mean i'm to the listener i'm talking about you know, over a thousand dollars a month for i forget i forget the plans but they never ever yeah. landed whereas yeah. now we've done this page we're landing more bigger customers we are like i don't think we are we are 100 percent are and, um, and we're landing them without even hearing from them. Like I've seen yeah. a few because we get we get emails when somebody um, converts from a trial to a paid plan. Jack and I do, and there's been a few times where we've gotten a few emails, and it's been like, "Oh wow, that X million dollar plan converted." They didn't even con- like there was no sales process. It was just oh, we landed so and so. That's kind of cool. But I think that's like. That's kind of a decision. That's kind of a, an interesting business decision, right? Like, do you charge more or do you find a way to charge less, but still keep very favorable margins? Because when we were looking at the, when we were looking at increasing our prices, our margins were going to be lower, 
even at the higher price than they are now using different technology, right? Like, so I think that's, and I think a lot of times businesses will just think, okay, well, how can I have the best margins on what my expenses are without looking at how to optimize those expenses? And I think that can be, yeah, that could be problematic, I would assume. And we have a document for all of this stuff. And the way we do it is we have the margin after the infrastructure cost. So that isn't a, just a profit margin. We then have lawyers and everything else to consider. So we do have to be careful and keep that relatively high because you know, lawyers are expensive. Oh, no shit, Sherlock. Lawyers are expensive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so things like that. We, we have, we have salaries. Decent. Yeah, salaries, exactly. Yeah. And we want to bring on um, contractors to make the product better and all kinds of things. So mm-hmm. you have to think about things like this. And so I definitely, I'm going to talk into the tech a little bit here. So if you're not into the tech, then skip ahead. And you can, if you just say Siri, skip ahead, the podcast will listen to it and skip ahead uh, past the tech. Really? Is that just for Apple? Sorry. Is that just for Apple podcasts? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) So we dropped DynamoDB completely. I'm going to be writing a blog post about this. We're now using single store. And the reason we were able to use single store was because Previously, we were using our, our queue. You know how we process page views. We have a queue. That was all being done in Lambda. And for every Lambda function that would, every page view, a Lambda function would run. And then we'd, there'd be a connection and there'd be a disconnect. Every single page view. So then you're talking tens of that. Like, I don't even know how many, but so many connections were running. Open, close, open, close, open, close, open, close. And it was just completely overwhelming the database. So the idea of having the, the user hashes and the security checks being done in single store and not DynamoDB, I wasn't comfortable with that because we were already struggling. And so what we did is we've actually moved, we've moved our backend, like the queue workers, things like that, to Heroku. So we're now using fixed-sized dynos, and the upside is they're maintaining a persistent connection. So you haven't got this open, close, open, close, open, close, open, close. You've got open process page you process page you process page you and then close at some point it could process you know 100,000 page views probably before it closes the connection so we're now in this position where we've actually been able to drop DynamoDB completely which has cut off a significant part of our bill which has then freed up money to do other things with our infrastructure and with our business that we want to do i mean you know what we're talking about yesterday which you know we're being more transparent now. Can we talk about that? Are you comfortable talking about that? Just a brief, brief segue. What did we do away? yesterday? I don't even remember, uh, but yeah, talk about it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so with the money we've saved on DynamoDB, um, we haven't. So firstly, we haven't had to increase our single store um, expense, mm-hmm. which is remarkable. And we've worked with them to just—it's so funny. So it, it's kind of weird. It's not weird, I suppose, but you. You know how people do sales? They're always trying to get you to spend more money and this bolt on, that bolt on. With single store, it's always about reducing the cost of ownership. And I always <laughs> thought it was funny. You know, it just feels opposite to what a lot of businesses do. But anyway, they helped us and we've, we've now got a good cost of ownership. Uh, so the cool thing now is imagine that we spend another three, six, however many thousand we decide to spend on single store in the future. Every time we upgrade single store, our database provider, we're going to get across the board performance increases. Which is kind of cool. So that's analytics and that's ingest. So a lot of exciting nerdy things going on. And uh, people do appreciate me nerding out, by the way. I've had a few people on DM <laughs> say they, they like the awesome. nerding out. So yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, no, that, that's totally fine. And uh, yeah, so in terms of what we're looking for, to spend that money on, we're looking for, to hire someone for content as well to help us with content. And I'm actually I'm speaking, I'm speaking with her uh, Friday, I believe. Mm. So I'm very excited about that. 
Um, so so that, more to more to come on that front once things have uh, been, yeah, once things have been solidified. So I guess the the question I think some people might be asking is like, ah, you guys are you guys are all serverless this, serverless that. Now some things are not serverless. So what what do you have to say for yourself about yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone on Twitter was like, "Oh, he said, oh, you've been hyping DynamoDB for year for like yep. ages." And I said, "Well, yeah, I work I work in public about the tech stuff. I'm not going to have a blind allegiance to something if I've found a different way of doing it." We're in such a weird position though because we're an analytics company. You wouldn't use DynamoDB for analytics ever. Not for the kind of stuff we're doing, the real-time stuff and yeah, um, the custom queries. So because we've already got this database, it makes no sense to be spending thousands of dollars on DynamoDB when we have the database capacity for it. Because it's, it's key value lookups, right? They're really, really simple to run. Mm-hmm. So in terms of what we've got now, the, all of our Lambda capacity, and we've got a high capacity assigned to us, um, it's all dedicated to collection. So what I mean by that is we call it the HTTP layer. So as a page view comes in, it hits serverless, right? It hits Lambda. That all of our Lambda concurrency is now dedicated to that single function. And then the background stuff, like you can accumulate a queue and have a temporary delay. That's fine. What you don't want is to lose the request coming in. Mm-hmm. So we still have a serverless HTTP layer and we have a serverless queue, which is infinitely scalable. Um, but we just the thing, the actual part that works through the queue is not serverless. And I think we're better off for it and we're performing much better. And like I say, we always do something and move on and don't really, you know, I mean, we could have a party for two weeks as far as I'm concerned, but we don't. <laughs> and uh, everything is just so smooth. Now we haven't got all these connections. You know, I was talking about the connections. It's so smooth and it's so stable. Whereas before, I mean, you've seen it on my screen. Because of the mm-hmm. amount of connections that were going absolutely mental, they were causing us problems. Whereas now it's just so smooth and so stable. I had dopamine for probably two days after that, just <laughs> watching it. But again, I've just, you have this, what do they call it? Hedonic adaption? Is that, a, is that what it, the term is? That, those There's sound like, like adapt- words that go together. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But the adaption to the new normal. To me, it's now mm-hmm. just normal. And this happens all the time. And that's one of the things that I guess suck about business sometimes is you what i guess you can't spend your whole life you know just being full of dopamine from something that's happened (laughs) two years ago but we've done all this stuff and i've already forgotten about it it's so funny to me yeah but we've made huge improvements and all it's i mean the reason why the listener cares as well the stability of our company as we grow is incredible these investments in the foundation are just unmatched i'm just really happy about it nice I mean, speaking of of dopamine hits, um, I think we both, every time we look at Fathom now and see this new graph, which I'm looking at right now. Oh, yeah. It's, Mm. we, so we, I think we, we, I've redone the UI for the graph probably three or four times and I've never been 100% happy with it. It's just been, how can we wrangle the chart library, high charts to be as good as possible? And we've always been like, this is, this is pretty good. But then I started to think about it. I started to play with some UI elements for upcoming stuff. And I was looking at the chart and I kind of re- I revisited it from scratch and I started designing a, a, the new chart. And I was like, this is better. And then I showed you and you were like, let's launch this now. Pause yeah. everything. 
And great. I just when I look at when I looked at Fathom before, I was like, this is awesome. Like this is like this is a product I'm proud of. Now when I look at it, I'm like, this feels like it's 100 percent reflective of of what we're kind of thinking of. And so I'm really happy with the way that the the chart looks now and the ability to toggle on and off things like bounce and events. Uh, the fact that it works in dark mode, much to my chagrin of dealing <laughs> with dark mode. But I'm just I just feel like the the application UI now just looks like everything belongs and everything is in the correct place. So I'm really actually pretty pleased about that, to be honest. I like the fact that you can um mouse over rows and it kind of highlights it for you it puts a border around it i like that you can mouse over the uh the headings on the columns and it gives you uh it gives you details about what a visitor means what a view means what a viewer means what an entry means that was that so i I actually want to talk about that because in looking at a lot of our other analytics products and then (laughs) putting putting the lens back on our product fathom the heading names for the columns didn't all all it did they didn't all always make sense and so if somebody would ask us a question we would have to it would take like several paragraphs of like explaining what the difference between like a view and a visitor and a page view and a unique and all of this stuff was and it felt like we could do better like it felt like we were failing something really basic uh in in the in the application where the the nomenclature the words that we were using just weren't as clear as they could no be consistency. so yeah so we actually we spent probably about a week on this really trying to narrow in on what words we should use and how we should explain them and how we should explain why they're different so in the content box for example we use words like viewers and views in the other boxes we use visitors and why there's a difference there, um, which I think makes it, it, it's interesting. We haven't had, I don't think, any emails asking us what things mean since we no, updated it. No, because we spent so long on it. The whole point was we spent so yeah. long on it because we didn't want to have people getting confused. And we went through multiple iterations and it was a horrible, it was a painful <laughs> process. And that we said yeah. at the time, I remember ex- these words exactly, we are going through the suffering now so that we can produce a simple outcome. And yeah. the problem, the actual problem, a big problem with the content box was that you can have uniques per site and uniques per page. And you talked about other analytics tools. You're like, yeah, they do a crap job at surfacing that. But so did we. And mm-hmm. the bit that was, it was almost embarrassing to have to explain all of this because we could see where we were inadequate within the product. Yes. And so taking this time, I mean, it's such a good return on investment. No one's being confused. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching over the next few months to see if we get anyone who still gets confused. Yeah. Although I did I did get a laugh. I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but uh, Chazza said that he was shocked by the changes. <laughs> that definitely made me laugh. But yeah. I think he's been the only person to um, to say that he was. He uh, shocked. By did not changes. say if the shock was good or bad, though. So <laughs> it could have been true. pleasant. It could have been pleasant shock. I also re-recorded the demo video um, because we had done both the chart um update and all of the columns update and then i rewrote the page that describes um all of the terminology on the dashboard 
um, which I think has has been of help because people, yeah, you're right. People aren't emailing us about this anymore. And it was, it's funny. Sometimes you look at support tickets and you're like, oh, we just need to fix this. But it's like, you can't always do all of that. Like there's not enough time in the day to do all of the things that you want to do for your software. Oh, and things that you think are going to be simple. So people have asked us about ordering goals. And I'm like, the way yeah. it's built, it, it's, we're doing a refactor at the moment, obviously, but the way it's built, it isn't just a quick thing. Something I just commented came into my head. You have recorded a demo video of the dashboard. And there have been times mm-hmm. where people, will e- bigger companies, will email in and ask for a demo. You send them the video, and I'm pretty sure I've seen multiple times where they've actually said, oh, thank you. And that's yeah. been enough for them to convert. Yeah, okay, fine. So yeah. why is it that a lot of business owners are quick to optimize things to bring in managers and automate everything else but yet they'll still do demos because in my head they should do what you do record a demo and then see if anyone has any questions and then modify the video to include those questions and then just rinse and repeat and then that's automation to the extreme like why would everyone not just do that um i think for bigger companies they want that level of hand like some enterprise customers want that level of hand holding where they want a custom sales call i think as well that there is a lot in enterprise where job positions exist to make this process as manual and labor intensive as possible, because that's the job of that person um, when doing uh, vendor onboarding and that, which I think may work for some people. But it's funny because we keep running it. it. It's frustrating for you and I because we're literally a, a single line of JavaScript code that doesn't collect PII about any person's customers. Like if they add Fathom to their website, we're not collecting personal customer information about them. So really, the the like secure there there's there's not like there's no security risk. Yeah, I can't. And, and even <laughs> if you th- even if you were concerned about the security, just use uh, what's it called? Link integrity? Uh, sorry, sub resource integrity. Mm-hmm. Or um, I know that I mean I know that Fastmail, for example, actually host our script on their website, which is I mean, yeah. Fastmail. They're they're really smart, uh, and I I do that. If I was really concerned about security, I mean to be honest, I know the security we have in place behind the scenes, so that's mm-hmm. why I don't wouldn't advocate for it. But I can see why companies might want to do that, and that's something we're going to do in the future. Is is actually offer kind of a mailing list where you can choose to host the code yourself, and then we email you and we change the code, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to do in the future. But yeah, the security behind the scenes is already incredible. Doing these, secu- oh, these security audits burn me out. And they burn yeah, me out yeah. for two reasons. So number one, we're not actually going to make that much money, but we're doing all this extra work. Uh, and I'll often have to dive into a whole bunch of stuff to see how things work just to answer these questions. And number two, I, w- I mean, who has access to the stuff? It's literally like, I guess you have access. We both, me and you have access. That is literally it. I guess Lucas yeah. has access to EU isolation, but we're not talking about personal data. So another thing, when it comes to collecting data, one of the things that we do, which is really a huge, um, I wouldn't call it an innovation, but other companies don't do this. We actually are careful about the data we send to our servers. So imagine you have a website, which is pauljarvis.com. And then in the query string where you have all the question mark stuff, it's something like question mark full underscore name equals Paul Jarvis. We don't process that. So we don't actually take the full URL, pass it to our server and then process it. We have a whitelist, which actually says, okay, we're going to take UTM source, UTM medium, 
UTM, whatever. And we only pass through the variables that are considered safe. We mm-hmm. don't just grab everything because you could have a platform. I mean, yeah, you, someone shouldn't be putting that in the query strings, but you can definitely have other sensitive information in the query strings. So that's why we don't pass the entire URL. And that, Data minimization, baby. Yeah, and it comes back to what you said is maybe we need to have a kind of knowledge base of answers to these questions. Yeah. Because the questions feel ridiculous, but if we had a reference where we could just copy and paste, we could maybe hire a monkey to do it for us. And they could just, you know, give them bananas. And- yeah, I mean, a, a million a million monkeys at a million laptops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Was the best of times, was the blurst of times. Stupid still- monkey. I still remember um, there's a Cole Pilkington podcast. This is an old podcast. Ricky Gervais. Oh, Cole I'm Pilkington. thinking Simpsons. There's a Simpsons um, episode oh, Simpsons. where, yeah, Mr. Burns has a thousand monkeys at a thousand typewriters. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, and Cole Pilkington couldn't understand that given an infinite amount of time, uh, monkeys or typewriters could produce the entire works of Shakespeare. He couldn't yeah. <laughs> comprehend the <laughs> idea of inf- infinity of time. Is, uh, I love that podcast. There's a good one back in the day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's been, there's just so much stuff. I, mean, I feel like there's other stuff we've, oh, yeah, we've, another thing, multi-domain support. Yeah. So we've had situations where people run multi-tenant websites and our advice has been, oh, just create a site for every tenant or every client you have. And then it's one site per tenant. And people have just thought, well, oh, we don't really want to do that. We want to just have one dashboard with an overview of every single um, tenant we have or every single like say, for example, I might be MySpace, right? MySpace would have... It, oh, MySpace is different. They okay, boomer. MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> What's a good example of a multi-tenant? I suppose any website that has a subdomain. Like yes. Imagine that our dashboards were how they used to be. And it would be pauljarvis.usersfathom.com, jackellis.usersfathom.com. Those are separate domains. They're separate subdomains. People don't consider them to be separate sites a lot of the time. And they want to have it in one site. So because we use site IDs and not domains, we were able to roll this out. And you can now do that. You've got a nice little domain section in your dashboard that you can filter on. So you can basically have unlimited domains for a single site. And then even better, you can opt in to have uniques done on a per domain level. Now, do you want to explain what that means? Because I'm going to go nerd if I do. <laughs> So basically, there's a there's an option in the multi-domain option where you can say, "Are you uh, is a is a visitor a unique per the site ID? So regardless of what domain or subdomain they hit, or are they a unique per hostname per domain mm-hmm. that they use?" And so we we give them an option to either consider. Um, unique visitors as separate or as I think that's the words we use separate and com- and or combined yes. or I guess or combined no, it can't combined. be and yes yeah which I think is powerful I love this. so I just <laughs> a, a behind the scenes story about this we uh, start we've been talking about this for ages a customer emailed us and was like hey is this possible and then you and I started talking and we're like why don't we just mock it up um, and send it to a bunch of people who've requested this just to see if we're on the right page. So I was like, what if we just add a tab to the content box for domains? And you were like, that could work, but let's ask, let's ask customers who want it. So I emailed one of our customers and said, hey, is this like, here's a mock-up of what the content box would look like with filtering by domain, which I think is amazing. Is this kind of what you're thinking of? And they were like, 
yes, this is exactly what we want. When will it be available? And I asked you, I'm like, how long do you think this is going to take us to build? And you were like, don't reply to that email. Let's build it. And then reply. (laughs) (laughs) And so when we replied, because he asked, what's the ETA on this? The ETA was go to your dashboard and and, um, toggle this setting on and it's available right now, which I thought was like the most baller SaaS move of the day. For us, oh, so I was actually pretty happy about that. But it didn't take us like it didn't. It took us longer to think through the best way to implement it than it did to build it. And then we also, when we posted it to Twitter, which I think was actually pretty interesting too, a couple people said, "How? What if you change the wording to this? Or what if you change it?" And we we're like, yeah. "That's actually a really good idea." So we went in, and we we updated a bunch of things, and we iterated on that feature pretty quickly but i'm super like i'm super stoked that we were able to launch such an amazing feature that some of our customers have wanted for a long time and we just kind of got to it did it listened to customers did it better and then tweeted about it and then tweaked it to be uh where it needed to be and now it's just what's really yeah and what's really cool about this particular feature is we talked about combined and separate for those of you that are listening and thinking, oh, I don't really care about multi-tenant. Well, here's where it's really interesting. If you've got a website, for example, we have usefathom.com. It's our marketing. It's where we might run campaigns that have UTM tags, perhaps. We want to track conversions from UTMs. Well, hold on a minute. It go, we go from usefathom.com, but you actually sign up on app.usefathom.com. And they're separate domains, as you've worked out. So with this new feature... If you use the combined setting, we will track the UTMs across domains, provided they're using the same site ID. And so it's just, it's fantastic. I don't know if we'll, um, there's actually another feature, actually says this isn't released yet. There's actually a feature that allows you to track events. You can keep them as separate sites, which is what we do. We don't merge our app.usefathom with usefathom.com. And you can actually track an event, but specify the site ID of the originating goal. <laughs> And it will then tie into the UTM source of the originating site and track the conversion there, despite it being on a separate site. And there are going to be videos recorded about this. This hasn't been done yet. So I'm actually breaking the internal policies of talking about things that aren't done. <laughs> Don't, I'll, I'll, troll you, I'll troll you in editing of this show. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm sure you will. So there's a lot of stuff that this now enables, and it's very, very powerful. And the fact that we shipped that so quickly is, is fantastic. Yeah. I like it. So yeah. Right now we're working on, I guess, can I, I'm not going to talk in detail. We're working on an events refactor. Let's just say that. We're not happy mm-hmm. with how the events work. You can filter the events by things like UTM, but you can't click onto the event. You can't sort the events. You can't, you know, we can do better and we are doing better. So that's what we're working on right now. And then I talked about EU isolation last episode. I think um, we're going to be back working on that early October. Yeah. Uh, then we're really playing a game of catching up on things that Paul tweeted about publicly on the Fathom account, <laughs> saying coming soon. Yeah, addressing I mean, all of that. That, yeah, that sounds like something that's happened in, in real mm. life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's happened. Wow, this is a long episode. Uh, but I think that cover, I think we've covered all of the things that we've been working on in the last month, and I'm pretty happy where things are at. Um, so yeah, I think if you're good, we can call it here. I'm always good. All right, dude. Thanks for listening. You're welcome.